Welcome to Missing and Murdered Women, a podcast about the epidemic of violence against women as it was named by the World Health Organization. My name is Coda, and I am a woman who has always been fascinated by criminal psychology. I am by no means an expert in criminal justice or psychology, but I do think it is important to spread information about women who have had their voices taken from them. This week, on episode 4 of Missing and Murdered Women, we are telling the story of 19-year-old Kanika Jenkins, who disappeared from a party inside a Chicago hotel, and her family struggled to get Kanika's disappearance taken seriously. Let's get into it. Kanika Jenkins was just 19 years old when she left her mother's home in mid-September 2017 to attend a party at a local hotel. She was an African-American woman, 5'5 five five and 115 pounds. She had told her mother she was going bowling with some friends. It was the last time her mother would see her alive. Around four and a half hours after Kanika left, her mother, Teresa Martin, received a startling 4 a.m. phone call. Her friends had lost Kanika on the ninth floor of the Crown Plaza Chicago O'Hare Hotel and Conference Center. They had retrieved her phone and the keys to the car Kanika was driving from the room when it was time to leave, but hadn't been able to find Kanika. Kanika's mother called the hotel, hoping the team there could help find her daughter or review their surveillance footage to see where she went. They told her that she would have to file a missing persons report with the police department before they could review tapes or release the footage. She decided to go to the hotel and attempt to file a missing persons report, but was instructed to wait in case Kanika turned up. Eventually, that report would be filed by Lenore Harris, Kanika's sister, who was actually the last person to have spoken to her on a phone call around 1.30 a.m. The actual search for Kanika didn't begin until she was missing for 12 hours at 1.15 p.m. Over the next 11 hours, police claimed to have searched the entire ninth floor in all public areas of the hotel. It wasn't until 3 or 4 p.m. that police were able to review the surveillance tapes from the night before. They claimed Kanika was not visible on any of the tapes that they reviewed. Teresa Morton and her family left the hotel temporarily and returned around 6 p.m. to continue looking for the missing teenager, including knocking on doors to ask hotel residents if they had seen Kanika. In response to this, the management at the Crown Plaza Hotel called the police. After interviewing Teresa Martin, police again reviewed the hotel's security footage and this time told Martin they had seen her daughter staggering drunk near the front desk at 3.20 a.m. Kanika Jenkins was found dead inside of an industrial freezer at the Crown Plaza Hotel at 12.38 a.m., roughly 24 hours since she was last heard from by her friends and family. The freezer was in a part of the hotel under construction and not open to guests, which is presumably why it was not entered during the first search around 1 p.m. In an interview, Martin expressed her distress with the lack of urgency police in the hotel put on her daughter's disappearance. If they had taken me seriously and checked right away, they could have found my daughter much sooner and she might have been alive, Martin said. Kanika was pronounced dead by the Cook County coroner and sent off for an autopsy. The coroner found two injuries on her body, a scrape on her ankle, and a bruise on her leg. However, there were no clear signs of violence internally or externally. A toxicology report showed that she had a blood alcohol content of 0.112, which made her legally drunk but not dangerously so. She also had the drug topamorate, which is an anticonvulsant that is used to treat epilepsy, migraines, and also taken to lose weight. 
Additionally, her body was in rigor mortis by the time she was found, and she was cool to the touch. Her stomach showed lesions consistent with hypothermia, so the coroner reviewed her official cause of death to be hypothermia and her manner of death to be accidental. Police agreed with this finding, stating that they believed that Kanika had entered the freezer herself and once inside was too disoriented to work the mechanism inside to let herself out. Her mother and sister disagreed. Teresa Martin told a local news source that, I believe someone in this hotel killed my child. In a separate interview, Lenore Harris said, The freezer door is heavy. I worked in a cafeteria before. It's no way if she's drunk and they say and she's stumbling, so she don't have no strength. That's my baby sister. How can I live life knowing I'll never see her again? Martin has also publicly doubted Kanika's friend's story that she just left on her own and disappeared, saying their stories have changed multiple times since Kanika's death. Natalie Wilson, a co-founder of Black and Missing Foundation, believes that Kanika's race played a factor in her dismissal by law enforcement. She highlighted the difficulties that parents of color often face when trying to convince law enforcement to search for missing teens and children of color. Kanika Jenkins' case brings to light the difficulties family experience in getting authorities to take our missing person cases seriously and to respond in a timely manner. This pattern is a lack of concern for families and victims and continues to reflect that our women and girls are devalued. The Black and Missing Foundation, Inc., according to their website, is a nonprofit that strives to maximize the exposure of missing persons of color so they can receive the awareness needed to be reunited with their families. According to Banthi, only 13% of the American population is African American, but they make up 40% of people reported missing and receive much less media coverage than their white counterparts. You can learn more about Banthi from their website, blackandmissinginc.com, or interact with them on their Facebook page, both of which will be linked in the show notes. If you want to show your support for Banthi's mission and help them celebrate their 12-year anniversary, you can donate to their fundraiser to help families during this coronavirus pandemic and donate to their scholarship fund. Kanika's death has been the subject of many conspiracies, including theories that her friends set her up to be assaulted. A Facebook Live video went viral in the days after her disappearance, showing Jenkins with her friends in the hotel room. However, the case has officially been closed with no charges filed. While there has not been a criminal investigation, Teresa did file a lawsuit against the hotel, the security firm, and the Caddyshack restaurant that the freezer belonged to. The lawsuit is for $50 million on the grounds that the freezer was not properly secured and the security firm did not perform a proper search. The lawsuit also implicated hotel staff, saying they did not intervene when they saw Jenkins visibly disoriented. The hotel released a response saying, The death of Kanika Jenkins was a tragedy, but the proximate cause of her death were the unsavory individuals who used a stolen credit card to book a room and host an illegal party which Ms. Jenkins attended. Those criminals escaped the hotel before police arrived and have never truly been held accountable. Kanika's death garnered much media attention and was the focus of an MTV episode on a show called True Life Crime. The episode is called Tragic Accident or Calculated Murder. Kanika was laid to rest on September 30th, 2017 in a two-and-a-half-hour service held at the Salem Baptist Church with over 1,000 mourners in attendance. Many honored Kanika by wearing her favorite color purple or shirts with her picture in the phrase Justice for Kanika. The family did not share much personal information about her during her service, but one niece did tell a heartfelt story about her aunt. Every time I feel upset, she makes me feel like a princess. 
Nico was so funny she would make me cry. While law enforcement states that there is no evidence of foul play in Kanika's untimely death, one thing does seem to be clear. Her disappearance was not taken seriously, and she passed away alone in a freezer while her family fought to get anyone to pay attention to their daughter's disappearance. This highlights why the work the Black and Missing Foundation does is so important, because Kanika should have been found. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Missing and Murdered Women about the disappearance of Kanika Jenkins. I hope you join me on this journey to tell the stories of women who have been silenced. New episodes are released every Saturday, and in the meantime, you can reach out on Facebook at Missing and Murdered Women, or on Twitter and Instagram at TheMMWPod, or by emailing at missingandmurderedwomenpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, you can leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening and stay safe.